22, verse 20 to 22. Daniel chapter 2, verse 20 to 22. Daniel chapter 2, verse 20 to 22. Amen. Uh, last week, we started discussing the topic we called the nature of God. And uh, we, we discussed the fact that it's a God that changes, that changes what? That changes what? Times and seasons. And I thank God that some testimonies of divine changes have started coming in. And they will be perfected in Jesus' name. Daniel chapter 2 from verse 20. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. Verse 21. And he changed times and seasons. The second point there is he removed kings and set it up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. And verse 22. He revealed the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with him. Amen. So the, 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 the second point there which we want to highlight this morning is the fact that he removes kings and sets up kings. He does what? He removes kings and he sets up kings. Who is a king? I mean, we use that word very often. The nature of God that he is that he removes kings and he sets up kings. But who is a king? The Bible makes us to understand that a king is primarily a ruler. A king is what? A ruler. That's why when you go to Romans chapter 13 from verse 1 to verse 4, the passage we always refer to when we talk about praying for, for, for leaders, in authority, for rulers in authority. Say, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. That's very important. He said, whosoever therefore resisted the power, resisted the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to them, to themselves, damnation. Verse 3, which is where I want to go to. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to what? To evil. But to evil. Will thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. Praise the Lord. A king is a ruler. He sets direction. He determines what the people do, how they do it, when. Who is a king? Just want to very briefly talk about who a king is. The second point about who a king is that the king is powerful. I'm sure we all know that. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 says, Where the word of a king is, there's what? There's power. There's power. And who may say unto him, What doest thou? There's, there's, there's a, a word we use when we are praising God in the Yoruba language. They call him Kabiosi, which is what is now called Kabiesi, I believe. It's a short of that word. And it simply means, who is going to ask you, what have you done? For a king, the power and authority of a king is total. It's total. And that's what that passage is saying. That Ecclesiastes chapter, it said, where the word of a king is, there's what there's power. And who may say unto him, what doest thou? What are you doing? Nobody. Nobody can ask him, what are you doing? The power of the king is absolute. 
And we see a very good example in the case of uh, um, Haman and Esther. Haman and Esther. This time, not Haman and Mordecai, but Haman and who? Esther. In Esther chapter 7 from verse 8 to verse 10. You know, after the king went for the, for the third feast, and, the, and he said unto Esther, Ask what you will. What do you want? And Esther said, Well, my people are doomed. We have all been said to be destroyed. And the king was surprised. How is that possible? How can the queen be threatened with death and the extinction of her people in the palace? And I'm here and I don't know. Who is responsible? And what did she say? Says this wicked Haman. And the Bible says the king was angry. I mean, how can you be planning for the extinction of my queen? And she's the same one calling you, bringing you here to feast with me. He didn't know it was a setup. God will set you up for good. God will set you up for prosperity. God will set you up for progress. God will set you up for lifting up in Jesus' name. Whosoever says you are not going to enjoy the plan and purpose of God for your life, <laughs> that person is being set up for destruction. And you are not the one that will destroy them. It is God himself that will do it. That's why we are talking about how God, how God can do what? How he removes, he removes kings and sets up kings. It is the man that God says is a king today that what? That is a king. If today God decides that in the next 30 minutes, this man will cease to be the king. Can the person continue to be the king? It's not possible. He removes kings. He sets up kings. The moment it was known to the king that it was uh, 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 Haman that was about to destroy Esther and her people, the king was annoyed. The king stood up. And Haman, in trying to uh, uh, appease the queen, said, please, I see death around the corner. Don't let me die. The Bible says he fell on the bed with the queen while he was pleading with her. Pleading with her. And what did the king say? <laughs> uh, he said, will he force the queen before me in the house? That was the end of that man. Immediately, the king made that statement. The Bible says they covered Haman's face. You know the meaning of that? This man is, is doomed to die. Then somebody, you know, brethren, <laughs> uh, the Bible says Jesus Christ did not rely on any man. Why? In the book of John, he said because he knew all men. These were the people that advised Haman to build the gallow for Mordecai. The day that it was clear that Haman was on the wrong side of the king. Look, look at what that, that man said. Verse 9. One of the chamberlains, he said before the king, Behold, the gallows, 50 cubits, which Haman had made for Mordecai, who has spoken good for the king, is now the anointing, standing in the house of Haman. Then the king said what? Hang him thereon. The word of the king is powerful. His word can give life. His word can take away life. So that we understand when the Bible says he, he removes kings and he sets up kings. We are not talking about ceremonial kings. We are talking about kings that have got power, that have the authority. That's why Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 says, Death and life are where? In the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You remember the story of, uh, uh, in 1 Samuel, no, 2 Samuel chapter 9 I believe, when David remembered Jonathan. And he said, is there any one of the household of Jonathan that is still alive that I can help? And just as God is remembering someone here today. Just as God is saying of someone here today, I want to help you. 
Just as God will help you today in Jesus' name. And somebody said, yes, Jonathan has a son. He is lame on his feet. In fact, there is a man here, there is a man we know who is like, who was the chief servant of Saul. He can go and get him. That man, with all his sons, with all his own servants, at the end, the king only made a pronouncement. Is that not so? David only said, okay, everything that Saul had that is remaining, I give it unto Mephibosheth. And you, your children, and your servants. Become the servants of who? Of Mephibosheth. Meanwhile, whatever you produce on that farm is not going to eat because he will dine where? At my table. The word of the king. Turn the life of Mephibosheth around. God's word will turn your life around today in Jesus' name. Yeah. Oh, brethren, it doesn't matter what it is. It does not matter what it is. The third point about the authority of the king is that the king speaks with authority and must be obeyed. The key word there, he must be what? Obeyed. When the king speaks, he must be obeyed. He must be obeyed. Because his word is with authority. In Matthew chapter 8 verse 9, the centurion was speaking. He said, for I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this man, go and he goeth, and to another come and he cometh, and to my servant do this and he doeth it. <laughs> when he finished speaking, Jesus Christ said, this type of great faith I have not seen anywhere, not even in Israel. The king speaks with authority. When the king speaks, he must be obeyed. And every word that the king is speaking into your life today, it shall come to pass in Jesus' name. Number four. The king is what I call the head of gold. And there's a reason I call the king the head of gold. Those of us who have been following our Bible study, when we started studying the book of Daniel, you remember that Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And he had a dream. He forgot his dream. If he couldn't remember his dream, how could he know the interpretation? So one day, he woke up. He knew he had a dream. He knew the dream was important. He said the magicians should tell him the meaning of his dream. Of course, they could not. And he said they should all be killed. Until Daniel came to the rescue, he went and prayed. And that was why Daniel began to praise this God, the, the nature of God that we are looking at. But then as part of the interpretation of the dream that Daniel reminded Nebuchadnezzar had, the Bible says in Daniel chapter 2 verse 37, Daniel 2 37, Daniel said, Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the God of heaven had given thee a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field and the fowls of heaven are thee given into thine hand, and had made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. And that's why I'm saying the king is the head of gold. If you read that, uh, the, the, the dream, the interpretation, you will see that the authority is vested in the head. Is that not so? It's a headless man, a living man. Any man that has no head is gone. That's why I use that terminology. The king is the head of gold. And look at it. Because God made this man the king, the Bible says, look at the things God gave to him. He gave him a kingdom. He gave him power. He gave him strength. He gave him glory. Even the beasts of the field and the fowls of the, uh, of the heaven, everything was given into his hand. He was made the ruler over them all. Oh, the head 
of gold. So brethren, the king cannot be stopped by any person. Except by the one that made the king. That made him or her king. And of course we know, that's why God is called what? The king of? The king of kings. The king of kings. Remember the story of one of our leaders in Nigeria. He was authoritarian. He was everything, whatever. And we are told, wasn't there? We are told that he had made up his mind that a particular person was going to be uh, uh, killed. Either the following day or the following week or whatever. That afternoon, the man, died, the man slept and he, and he never woke up. Brethren, these are things that God can do. He makes kings and he removes kings. How does this apply to us? How does this apply to me? What's my business with kings and okay, or no king? There's a passage in uh, Isaiah chapter 7, I believe. Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 7. We've read it so many times. We've prayed with it so many times. Isaiah chapter 7, verses 5 to 7. It says, because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Ramalia have taken evil counsel. Tell somebody evil counsel. It's an evil counsel against thee, saying, Let us go up against Judah and vex him. Let us make a breach therein for us and set a king in the midst of it, even the son of Tabir. In other words, the enemies of Judah looked for a way to overthrow Judah. And they could not find any at that point in time. We are talking about the remnants. And they said, the best way to do it, let's go and set up a king in Judah that will be controlled by who? By the enemies. And for us as individuals, when the reign of our life is being dictated by contrary forces, then there is a king that is reigning that needs to be dethroned. And every king that is either reigning or interfering with our lives today, the Lord himself will dethrone in Jesus' name. Amen. Every king that is contrary to the word of the living God in our lives, God himself will uproot in Jesus' name. Because in that Isaiah chapter 7 verse 7, it says, Thus said the Lord God, it shall not stand, Amen. neither shall it come to pass. Amen. Our God is the one that establishes kings and do what? And removes kings. And we see this demonstrated in the, in the story of Saul and who? And David. It was God that chose Saul. It was God that made him the king in Israel. It was God that looked for him. And the Bible says when he was made king, he was the, mo the tallest man in Israel and then as the most handsome man in Israel. Everything was working well for him. Until one day, God turned against him. God will not turn against you. Amen. I say God will not turn against you. Because the moment God turns against you, whatever your lofty situation, what happens? You, you are gone. Whatever, it doesn't matter what men have declared. It doesn't matter what men have put together. That's why I always like giving the example of the, the president of America. Many of us don't like him. We don't like the way he talks. With, in fact, some of us, if I say, what do you like about the president of America? Some of us will say, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> and I always joke that I am very sure in the election that brought that man in as a president, I'm sure the angels voted. 
Because if it were left to human beings, he would not be the president. The only reason that man is there today is because anybody that gets into that office is because God has said so. No other reason. There's no other reason. It's God that decides. Everybody has already crowned the other candidate. Everybody. Even the man was surprised that he won. Do you realize that? God will surprise you. I said God will surprise you. And he will surprise you positively. He will lift you up to the place he has prepared for you. Where you are meant to rule, you will rule. Where you are meant to reign, you will reign. Saul was made the king. But one day God decided that he had had enough of him. I pray. You know, there's one thing the general always said. He said it is bad to be an ex-champion. I pray for you. You will not be an ex-champion. In your lifetime, you will not be an ex-champion. It will not be said about you that, oh, it used to be good for him, oh. Or it used to be good of her for her. That will not be your testimony in Jesus' name. As the Lord has gradually been lifting you up, ah, I speak into your destiny. You will get there in Jesus' name. The God that sets up kings and removes kings, his determined counsel for your life is that the, the throne he has prepared for you, you will get there in Jesus' name. I said you will get there in Jesus' name. That's why 1 Samuel chapter 2, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 6 to 8, Hannah was, was giving thanks to God and she made some prophetic statements. 1 Samuel chapter 2, the Lord killeth and the Lord maketh alive. There are some things that need to die in your life. God himself will kill them today in Jesus' name. The Lord bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. You know, when God has destroyed those vices, when God has destroyed those negative kings, what will he do? He will bury them. And when he buries them, they cannot come up again. Because it is your season of celebration. Because it's your season of manifestation. Look at what the Bible says in verse 7. The Lord maketh poor. Ah, tell somebody, that's not my portion. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. Uh-huh, tell, I received that one. He will make you rich in Jesus' name. He bringeth low and he lifteth all. Remember that man they called uh, Lucifer? Very handsome young man. Very, uh, what's the word? When somebody, when the, every part of his body sings. What's the English word for that? Very what? Very songirious. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The Bible says every part of his body was musical. He was an attraction to all until he got to the point where he said, uh-uh. See, everything in me is being used to worship this man. I can also be the one they worship. What did God do? God brought him down. God will not bring you down. I said, God will not bring you up. The Bible says, he raised up the poor out of the doors and lifted up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. To make them inherit the throne of glory. You will inherit the throne of glory. You will inherit the throne of glory. In Jesus' name. In 1 Samuel chapter 13, as I round up, verse 13 to 14, the Bible says, Samuel said unto Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Ah, that will not be your verdict. Samuel told Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded thee. For now will the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. 
Mm. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be captain over his people. Because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Brethren, the Bible says, Seek ye the Lord while what? While he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Near. There comes a point in time that it is too late. I pray for someone here today, it will not be too late for you. In the name of Jesus. Saul lost it. And he never regained it again. His kingdom was transferred to David. Because of his disobedience. 1 Samuel 15, 19. Wherefore then did thou not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you not obey the voice of the Lord? But then the voice of the Lord is very clear. Where is his voice found? It's in his word. It's in the Bible. You know what the Bible says? Obey it. Tell somebody obey it. It's very simple. It makes life simple for everyone. And it makes God to reign supreme in your life and your situation. Saul was rebuked in verses 22 to 23 of 4 Samuel 15. To obey is better than sacrifice. We all know that passage. But not only did God remove Saul, God installed David as king against all odds. Tell somebody against all odds. Even David's father did not believe or did not expect that David could be king. When they said, bring all your children, and he brought all his children, but he had a child in the, in the bush. He didn't count him as worthy of whatever the prophet wanted to do. <laughs> I pray for someone here today. Men might have overlooked you, but God has not overlooked you. You will still testify. We will still rejoice with you. You will still celebrate. Uh, Samuel said... Uh, this one, we are not going to sit down until he comes. And the moment he came, 1 Samuel chapter 16, from verse 11 to verse 13, the Lord himself spoke. Initially, Samuel was using an idea to determine who will be king. Until God said, no, I have not chosen any of this. When David came in, God said, that is him. Do what? Rise and anoint him. You are chosen. Amen. I say you are chosen. The God that makes some people king and removes some other people from being king, I don't know how he wants to do, but you are chosen. Amen. And he will take you to the throne. Amen. And you will be enthroned in Jesus' name. Amen. If there's anyone sitting on the throne that is prepared for you, brethren, God will remove that person. Amen. Because you know what? In this life, you must fulfill destiny. Tell somebody, I will fulfill destiny. And you can only fulfill destiny when God takes you to the throne he has prepared for you. For as long as somebody else is sitting on that throne prepared for you, you can't fulfill destiny. But you'll fulfill destiny. Amen. The Lord enthrones and the Lord removes. You are talking about the nature of God. That the Jew would always say, Nebuchadnezzar was eating grass for how many years? For seven, yet, for those seven years, nobody overthrew, overthrew him. Have you ever thought of that? A king was eating grass for seven years. Not, it's not that he was eating salad, though, because some of us would think it's salad. It wasn't salad he was eating. In fact, he wasn't sitting and eating with uh, cutlery. The Bible says he was operating on four wheels. On four wheels, like an ox. So it wasn't just acting. He was truly an animal for seven years. Yet, nobody 
took over his throne. Isn't that God? And yet people that were hale and hearty, nothing was wrong with them, overnight they were what? They were overthrown. I pray for you. The throne that God has prepared for you, you will get there. No matter how impossible it seems, no matter how difficult it seems, the Lord we serve is a God that enthrones and does what? And removes from the throne. And he will enthrone you in Jesus' name. Let's bow down our heads.